The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So I'd like to um, talk just a minute about describing our experience because I'd like to hear from some of you what happened. What did you notice in your walking practice? And this exploration of describing our experience is uh, actually a part of the form of the practice this week. I'm hoping that over the course of the week, those of you who come to the uh, morning and evening sessions will have a couple of opportunities to describe your experience during the week. And so uh, I want to say a few words about what that entails and why it's helpful. So... When we normally describe what's happening for us in our lives, we tend to talk about the content of what's going on rather than the process of what's being experienced. We tend to go into the stories of our thoughts, the um, ideas that we have about things, rather than what we're actually experiencing. And then even when we're talking about what we think we're actually experiencing, often we're talking about ideas about what we're experiencing rather than what is actually being experienced. And so the the practice of uh, describing what's happening for you begins to put your mind into the place of recognizing process rather than content, I'll say, starts to, start to recognize the, um, the flow of experience in the present moment as a flow of experience in the present moment rather than uh, something that needs to be, um, ha- that, needs to ha- that we need to have an opi- opinion about or an agenda about or commentary about. And so... Um, that very changing of how we describe our experience begins to put us into the terrain of the Dharma, put us into the terrain of recognizing our experience as something that's happening in the present moment. And so in describing experience, I'd like to hear from a few of you about what what you noticed and um, in the walking, perhaps it won't be so challenging. Um, I know that I know that in the in the reports during the week, uh, it's very tempting to uh, tell the story <laughs> of what's going on in your life, as opposed to just simply what I noticed was I was having a conversation with somebody, and that person said something that triggered a reaction, and that reaction was frustration, and then I noticed that frustration. I felt it in my body. I noticed that it was something that was happening in the present moment. And I also noticed that I didn't like that frustration. So that's like describing what's actually happening in your present moment experience. But it's not about the story. 
It's not about who said what and what they said that made you frustrated. So this kind of describing experience will support all of us this week. And so I'd like to hear uh, perhaps from a few of you about what you actually noticed. What did you notice in your walking? And again, think of this as a gift to the community. Yeah, great. I noticed in using your <clears throat> two techniques that I actually noticed a lot more than if I just concentrated on where I put my feet or, or the breathing, which I usually do during walking. So if I use your techniques to actually shift the attention from one sense to another, I actually notice quite a number of things that around that I wouldn't normally notice. That's the first thing. The second thing is, even with all of this noticing, the, the same problems occurred. That is, I would notice something and it would remind me of something, a thought, a sequence, a feeling, and then I would go off in that direction until I actually had to, had to forcefully stop that and start noticing again. Mm-hmm. So the, the obsessive-compulsive thoughts, I guess, keep coming and have... which always is, a, is an issue. Indeed. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, the, the, the practice here basically reveals... I mean, what, what goes on here is that you open your attention to what's happening and it will reveal the habits of mind. Uh, and, if, and how many others of you noticed that seeing something or hearing something triggered you to go off into some kind of a thinking. Yes. <laughs> so this is, this is um, part of the learning that happens. We see, we begin to see how our minds will head out of the present moment. And, you know, in terms of, um, you know, recognizing, you, you, you can recognize perhaps how strong the pull is. For some of you, it might have been just a a little pull. It's like, oh, look at that rose. Wow, I like that rose. You know, it's like, I should get that kind of rose for my garden. Wait a minute, okay. You know, so, or, or it can be more a strong. It might be something that's triggering um, or connected with. You might see something or hear something that's connected with something that's really um, hard for you in your life right now. And so that, that pull to our thoughts can be either strong or not so strong. And so if in either case, I think opening up to um, the, the uh, terrain, the first place to open up to the terrain that has been touched on through that mind going out because you've, you've woken up into something. You know, the mind has gone out that door. You've, you've started thinking about the rose or whatever it is you started thinking about. And in the waking up, there may be some, uh, particularly if it's a obsessive kind of pattern, there may be an emotional state that has been generated. And so can you open to that first and see, I mean, so this is a kind of an intermediate turning back, um, you know, that you said you had to forcefully stop the thinking. And sometimes we do have to have a strong no 
around a particular direction. And one of the ways to, um, to support that is to, first of all, you know, first touch into the state that's been, so that it doesn't feel like you're simply like shoving it down. Because sometimes that forceful uh, turning away from can have a um, kind of a repressive quality to it. Like, and so one, an intermediate step there would be to acknowledge oh, the pain or the sadness or the sorrow or the confusion or the frustration or the anger, whatever has come up in that moment, to, to acknowledge that. And then to actually recognize, this is getting into some of the area around the thought that we'll be talking about later, you know, to recognize that that direction of thinking takes us into struggle and suffering. You know, kind of to reflect in a way, reflect on the drawbacks of heading that direction and using that as a way to help us not continue to go there as opposed to a, a forceful shoving down. So I'm not sure how that forcefulness was happening for you, but those are just, just a few thoughts I had about, about that particular um, uh, dynamic. So opening to what the... Uh, Hmm. The emotional field is when you wake up into thinking. What is the? What is? What has happened? Sometimes you know. Sometimes our minds will wander out of the present moment into habitual patterns of difficult experience. You know, it'll wander out into anger or frustration or impatience or um, wanting. You know, it can head out that in that way. Sometimes our mind heads out the door of connection, of friendliness, of kindness. And so, as I said in the in the guy or earlier, I said be be uh, open to what might be there. Be open to being surprised by my, what might be there when you wake up into thought. So often in our meditation practice, we have such a conflicted relationship with thought that we're not even open to the possibility that our thoughts can wander into beautiful territory. We wake up into feeling, um, you know, remembering something joyful that we did with a friend and kind of having that delightful experience of that being, you know, that joy being created in the present moment. And if our relationship is, oh, thoughts, bad, it's like we're going to miss the joy. We're going to miss that sense of connection, that sense of friendliness, of of, um, open-heartedness that can sometimes be the terrain that our minds wander into. So that's one of the reasons to really be open to what our thoughts are and that in the moment of waking up to not necessarily have a... Uh, you know, a, a relationship thoughts bad, you know, paying attention to the feet good. It's like, what is the experience on waking up? There might be a difficult emotion, and if that's the case, um, you know, some, we'll talk about that during the week, how to work with that some in daily life. Um, often in the midst of daily life, we don't have the luxury of saying, stop, let's stop this conversation. I need to pay attention to the feelings in my body. You know, it's like, right, you know. It's like we have to work with things really quickly. And so um, when you notice, 
in your daily life, walking or wherever you are, some challenging emotion come up, I would say just what's obvious about that? What's obvious about that? Oh, tightness, contraction, tension. You may want to, if it's a strong pull, you may want to remind yourself, wow, not so helpful. Let me uh, redirect my attention elsewhere. And uh, then just, you know, carry on with your day. Carry on with what's, with what's going on. Keep, you know, keep noticing what's obvious, what's obvious. Uh, other comments about, yeah, the, the, yes, and then the person in front of you after that. I um, held lightly the four things that you mentioned and then just walked kind of with an openness to see what showed up. So I noticed that um, I can walk without very little attention on my feet. So they hardly ever came in. Mm -hmm. And then there was a part wanting to connect with them. So I'd walk on surfaces that weren't smooth or walk on a a thing on the sidewalk to try to to get some awareness or even some perception sensation of it. It's like, what does it feel like if there's something on the bottom of my foot while I'm walking uh-huh. to try to increase that a little bit? The other thing I noticed and you didn't mention was smelling. And I was walking and all of a sudden I got a smell in and I had that tingly um, feeling when every cell kind of just does this little wiggle thing, uh-huh. shiver. It was like, whoa, smells. You never said anything about smells, but he, like it was just a really strong smell came in. Um, oh, this this points to one of the the um, ways that this more open style of practice works is that you know you you open up your experience to a broader range, and things come to you. You know. Yeah. I talked about things coming to you. We don't have to say, oh, smells. No, she didn't mention that. I'm not going to smell it. It's like, <laughs> smells. That's what's happening right now. That's what's obvious right now. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah. it's great <laughs> it's, yeah. It, it, that, that this, this kind of broader kind of awareness does. I mean, and I think um, you also mentioned that. You noticed way more than you would have expected mm-hmm. with this broader kind of awareness. And this, this practice of, like, Noticing what comes to us. So that's a great example of noticing what comes to you, you know. That that is a real pointer to how this daily life practice can be light. You know, how much effort did it take for you to notice that smell? Yeah, there was a a sense of... uh, Lightness is a good word. I was going to say more relaxation, but lightness kind of... Yeah, yeah, it was... I was there and more aware and everything was lighter and then I also at one point noticed a part of myself that said I want this all the time <laughs> yes. I, I want to walk this way all the time right like that that, that grasping know, the grasping yeah. right, right. I, yeah. yes yeah and and that makes that brings a little heaviness in too I mean it's a beautiful thing in a way I mean because you recognize in some ways because we recognize the benefit because we see the lightness of it, because we see how helpful it is, kind of almost our habit is like, oh, that's helpful, more of that. And it is helpful to have more of that. And the clinging around that actually gets in the way. So, yeah, I mean, just just notice that. Notice that kind of attitude of, oh, like this, you know, and that's part of it, you know, the liking of it. And that's a great thing to recognize. Oh, this is, this feels good. And because of that good feeling, that's what we tend to grab onto. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. That's actually exactly what I was going to say, that I was struck by how much I liked everything 
that I saw, heard, felt. And then in both, when I was cycling through the four and when I was just noticing what stood out. Uh huh. Um, and then that I immediately wanted more of that. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So I'm curious, before we go on, um, did anybody have the opposite experience that would they, they noticed that pretty much they didn't like everything that came upon? Would you be willing to say something? Sure. Yeah. It wasn't um, noticed as, I don't like this. It was noticed um, in my walking and noticing walking that when I came upon a different surface other than the concrete, I liked it. And I actually ended up seeking out surfaces other than concrete to uh-huh. walk on. Uh-huh. Um, so you kind of noticed that there was a default until you noticed something that was pleasant. Right, and uh-huh. then my pace actually slowed down. Uh-huh. When I was able to walk on grass or there was an area of a gravel, it wasn't gravel, but DG pathway, um, and then, I don't know, out there somewhere in one of the neighborhoods, there's like three squares of concrete or that aren't concrete. Right, the yeah, the cork. springy, the springy ones, yeah. <laughs> They're fun. And I went, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, if, you, if, you're not, if you're not ready for it, it's like, whoa. It, it definitely on? caught my attention, and I actually circled back around. <laughs> so, yeah, noticing the concrete was not a pleasant experience. Yeah. Uh, but not consciously saying, I don't like concrete. It was just subconsciously seeking out seeking out the other yes yeah Yeah. so you know this this kind of recognition and some of you may find you know just in what naturally comes to you this is a kind of um um just something to notice about your minds you know um like for instance in my in my own experience when i walk into a new place or i don't it's, it's not so much this anymore I think now I tend, to, I tend to be just more like, oh, it's a new place, what's here? Uh, but definitely it used to be when I walked into a new place, I would orient towards, what do I not like about this place? You know, it's like I would, I would notice the spot on the rug and, you know, the, 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 the light in the room that I don't like. Or, you know, so it was, it, you know, the, the mind may orient either towards things you like or things you don't like, almost as a habit of mind. You know, that, uh, so that's just something to, to get familiar with. Um, towards the end of my walk, I was seeking the grass consciously. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe one more behind you, Betsy. I was surprised because I had a variety of different experiences Um, As I walked out, I was very aware of the times when the sun was shining on me and how warm it felt. Sometimes it felt like it was too much sun. And then when I felt a breeze, that was just really lovely. And I could tell, notice that when it felt like too much, my body tightened up a little bit and my breathing got a little more shallow. When it felt very pleasurable, like the breeze, the cool breeze then I noticed that I relaxed. Yes. And Uh I had that awareness Uh of this coming in and out of sort of physiological states uh, in different ways. I walked over to this Koya campus, and I'd never walked there before, and I was so taken with the beauty. And I kind of lost time and lost what I was doing. And it was a very pleasurable experience. 
my mind went off into history and the history it represents and I brought it back just to the experience. When I realized that it was only minutes before I was supposed to be back here, um, I noticed that my body tightened up again. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I had more awareness of the muscles in my legs as I was getting them to walk sort of fast. And then, walking down the sidewalk, I was looking at something and not mindful of what was in front of me, and somebody in front of me had stopped, and it startled me when I came upon the person. And again, my breath changed and my body tightened up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the, what you're noticing, um, you know, it sounds like you're, you're noticing the, the physiological uh, response to the mind kind of contracting, um, a startle, uh, a dislike. And so that's a great signal for you that something's going on that there's a, a little bit of reactivity to. So the, the, um, the, those responses are not so much physiological, completely physiological. They are a result of a mental response that happens first. And so it's a great signal for you to, to see that and to have felt it, to know it. You, know, you can see how as the, as the mind is more at ease and more relaxed, there's more openness, there's less constriction. That, that sense of constriction and openness is a really helpful tool for us in daily life for getting a sense of, is there ease? Is the, mind, is the mind comfortable and present now? Or is the mind contracted and reactive now? So even just that simple kind of tool can be really, really helpful in daily life. So thank you. So, um, so I want to talk a little bit about practicing in daily life, and some of the tools. Again, I'm going to suggest some tools here. Um, you know, when I first started practicing, my, my very first practice was daily life practice. I was not even interested in sitting meditation. Um, I was interested in understanding my mind, though, because I was kind of um, in a very difficult, painful state. And so I started trying to pay attention to what was going on for me in my daily life. But when I very first met mindfulness, when the very first time I met mindfulness, um, I, I was trying to be kind of mindful of everything. I mean, I read this book. I had a, a copy of Thich Nhat Hanh's Miracle of Mindfulness. And I, so was, I was in my 20s. You know, I was pretty young. And I'd pick up the book at night, and I'd read a little bit of the book. And, and then... Um, I'd think, that sounds like a really cool thing. Let's try that tomorrow. And the next time I'd remember it was the next night when I picked up the book again. And after some days of that, um, basically my attitude at that point was, well, obviously I can't do this. This doesn't work for me. And I put the book down, and I didn't meet mindfulness again for another 15 years. It was like 15 lost years for me in a way. Um, The second time I met mindfulness, uh, a friend sent me a book when I was in a pretty distraught state. And so I had a high degree of motivation. But something I read in one of those books suggested, rather than trying to be mindful all day long, you know, which was kind of the approach I had taken with the miracle of mindfulness, like, I'll try to do that all day tomorrow. Like, good luck. 
um, the the one of the books I read somewhere I can't I haven't actually been able to find the place I got this idea uh, suggested picking some projects some um, specific things to choose to try to be mindful of in my day and so um, this is where this these suggestions come from my own experience in my daily life. This was the very first practice I really engaged with. And for myself, it was first around the difficult emotional state that I was experiencing. And also I picked something really neutral. Um, I picked, uh, at that point, switching between DOS and Windows on my computer as, a, as an activity that I wanted to try to wake up for in daily life. So... When I got caught by my difficult emotion was one, and when I got um, when I switched between DOS and Windows, so I picked those two projects as something to try to wake up for in my daily life. And I found this time there was way more traction for the practice. Partly, I think, because I was highly motivated to understand my mind, but also I think because there was something more uh, tangible that I was trying to do. You know, I was trying to wake up for that particular emotion and I was trying to wake up for that switching between DOS and Windows. And so picking what I call mindfulness projects is one of the tools that I think is very helpful for daily life practice. So... um, Part of the reason I think it's helpful is because we tend to get swept up into our day and um, unless there's something to help us remember that we've forgotten about mindfulness, it's pretty likely we'll forget about it all day long. And so having some particular tasks, like for me, I switched between DOS and Windows three or four times an hour in my day. And, uh, you know, that was something I, it could, it, it could track, I could track that. Like I would notice at the end of my day, wow, I didn't remember once. So that moment, that moment was a moment of, uh, first of all, remembering that I'd forgotten. Now, this moment of remembering that you've forgotten, this very first moment of remembering you've forgotten, because this is going to happen. If you, if you pick, pick some projects, and I'll make some suggestions about types of projects to pick in a bit. Um, you might be inclined to, after a day, you know, seeing how little you remembered, to think that it doesn't work, you know, that you can't do it. But the, the, the key piece, I think, really here is in that moment when you remember that you've forgotten, that moment is the moment the practice can start. That's the moment when you have remembered about mindfulness in your daily life. Maybe for the first time consciously remembered, wow, I'm awake now and I forgot about this activity that I wanted to be mindful of. So in that moment when you remember that you've forgotten, In that moment, already mindful, what's obvious? You're present, you're there, what's obvious now? So part of the point of these projects 
is um, to help us highlight or remember more frequently through the day that we've forgotten to be mindful. So that's part of the point of this. So the the um, so for myself, the way this unfolded around Dawson Windows in particular was that um, you know the first day it was like the end of the day. I remembered once at the end of the day. The, the next piece there, so noticing what's happening in that moment. The next piece that I did in that moment, rather than giving up, I said, I'm just going to keep trying. That's another really important part of this uh, remembering that you've forgotten. Not to beat yourself up, not to tell yourself, wow, I can't do this. Just, I'm going to keep trying. That very simple intention to continue, to keep trying, is what the practice is nourished by. Bhikkhu Bodhi says, um, there are only two instructions for us in our mindfulness practice. They are start and continue. (laughs) And this, I'm just going to keep trying. That's the continue part of the practice. That's continue. And so each time you remember, you've forgotten. Okay, you know, no need to beat yourself up. I mean, you're, everybody's going to be having this struggle. So just remind yourself to try again. And then over the course of the next few days, you might start to notice that you've remembered more times during the day that you've forgotten. This is how, this is how I actually, in the very first time I started doing this, this is how I began to take some some confidence that something was happening. It's like I remember at lunchtime and at dinner time and at bedtime that I'd forgotten to notice between switching between DOS and Windows. It's like, wow, I remembered three times today that I'd forgotten. Okay, I'm going to keep trying. So that, that's another piece of this, that um, the, more, uh, the more moments you get, the more times you notice that you've forgotten is more moments of being awake, more moments of waking up. The other piece that's really important about that moment is that it gives you that hmm, recognition or familiarity with what it feels like to wake up in daily life. You know, you're making your bed at night and you remember about this task that you set yourself. So you're wake, you know, you're 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 making your bed, and you've woken up while waking your bed, making your bed. This is this is the experience of mindfulness in daily life. So that remembering that you've forgotten in that moment of waking up, whatever it is you've woken up into, that gives you a flavor of what it's like to be aware in the midst of activity. And so in that moment of waking up and remembering that you've forgotten, what's obvious? What's here? So the first kind of project that I like to suggest for people is something very similar to what I did for um, my, what I call my simple um, task is uh, something that happens regularly through your day. Something you do a lot. 
opening doors, reaching for things, standing up or sitting down. If you spend a lot of time on the computer clicking uh, send for an email or you know some activity you do on the computer a lot kind of a lot kind of like I did um, that time um, something that happens three to four times an hour find something that happens three to four times an hour and have a sense of intention to try to be aware when you do that activity. Now, this is a tool for basically two purposes. One, to help us recognize, you know, with something that happens regularly through your day, you'll start to get a sense of how much or little aware and mindful you are through your day. Not to, use, not to use this as a way to beat yourself up, but as a way to help you to um, keep trying, to keep remembering. So the, um, you know, the simple task of something that happens regularly through your day, set your intention to try to be aware of it. And then it will probably unfold something like what happened for me, you know, that you'll start to notice more times through the day that you've forgotten. And at some point, if you keep doing that continue practice, I'm just going to keep trying. I'm just going to keep trying. I'm just going to keep trying. At some point, you will uh, start to remember closer to the experience. The first thing I noticed was that I switched between Dawson windows and then I remembered after I had done it. I got very excited when that happened. It's like, wow, I almost caught it. Okay, just keep trying. And then at some point, I began noticing right as it happened. Now, the, the, the noticing right as it happens isn't in and of itself an important piece. But... Well, it does, a, it does a couple things. One is that it gives you, because it's something that happens regularly, if you've got that intention to stay present for it, it begins to give you a thread of mindfulness through your day. A little bit of that sense of waking up through your whole day. As I, as I start, as it started to work for me, it's like three or four times an hour. There, there it was. I was awake. I was aware. One, one piece that, um, in my own exploration of this, that, uh, you know, I just picked those two projects kind of out of the blue. I mean, I knew I wanted to pick my difficult emotion. But the other one that I picked um, was just kind of like, well, I'll just pick some other project. But it was actually really helpful to, uh, to pick something like that because... What I, and somebody actually asked me this recently. I mean, I, I described what happened to me around, you know, what I noticed around the difficult emotion and how much more space I got. So I talked about, you know, all kinds of things I learned about my mind and how helpful uh, the practice was and things like that. And then somebody asked me, well, what did you learn about when you were paying attention to Dawson Windows? And I had to think for a moment, but I actually did learn something there uh, that I could articulate, and that was that mindfulness wasn't always unpleasant. 
You know, that in waking up to that challenging emotion, often there was a heavy feeling. There was a sense of, oh, right, I said I was going to be aware of this difficult emotion. Oh, that, this is hard. So, so first of all, I got the sense that mindfulness can be light and it can be um, you know, actually kind of fun. So picking something that's neutral as this kind of project can help give you a sense of that just lightness of waking up and the, the, um, the quality of what it means to just wake up. That's, that's one of the biggest points to this simple task is to see if you can start to get familiar with the moment of mindfulness coming up in daily life. I would say that's the primary point of this exercise that you will start to, both through the forgetting, you know, the remembering that you've forgotten, and the recognizing as you start to get um, closer and closer to the task you've chosen, and eventually that task um, becomes more easy to wake up for, you will get familiar with what it feels like to have mindfulness come up naturally, spontaneously, in daily life. And this, this moment of remembering isn't something we're doing usually. All of those moments when you remember that you've forgotten, that's the spontaneous arising of mindfulness. You know, you didn't have to do that. So all of you out there who don't have time to do mindfulness, you can do this one. It doesn't take any effort. It's just remembering that you've forgotten. There you are. What is that moment of awareness like? And so the more you get familiar with that experience of mindfulness coming back, and we get familiar with this in our sitting practice. In our sitting practice, we get lost in thought, and mindfulness comes back at some point. Often our relationship to that moment is to have some kind of conflicted relationship with that. You know, we beat ourselves up, we yank ourselves back to the breath or something like that. And so that moment of like mindfulness returning, that spontaneous, effortless moment of mindfulness returning is lost for us. And so in sitting practice, I also like to encourage the recognizing when you've woken up because it's a pointer to that same light touch of mindfulness, that moment of effortless mindfulness that just comes. The more familiar you get with that experience, the more you learn to be attuned to that experience of mindfulness spontaneously returning, the more you see it happens a lot in your day. It happens way more than you are aware, actually. What often happens in a moment when we become aware of something is that we become aware and then we start to think about what we've seen. You know, we... um, You you saw it on your walk, right? Become aware of seeing a bird or seeing a flower or seeing another person. And then we start to think about it. So that... That's typically the way we are with coming into awareness of things. We don't recognize that we have become aware. We get interested in 
the ideas, the content, the what we have become aware of, and our thoughts about it. Mostly we get interested in our thoughts about it. So that, that moment of waking up, the more familiar you can get with that moment, the more those little moments of, oh, I just became aware of a rose, or I became aware of seeing a crack on the sidewalk, or I became aware as I touched my glass. You know, all of those things begin to uh, wake us up, actually. We, we are more familiar with that experience of coming into awareness, and it begins to like point itself out to us. It begins to become something we are more familiar with, and so we notice it more often. This is how this daily life practice can be fairly light, because I'm not going to ask you to try to be mindful all day long. I am going to ask you to try to notice these moments that you remember about forgetting. The moments that you notice that you've remembered mindfulness. The more of those moments you notice, the more of a thread of mindfulness there is through your day. And this task, you know, this picking something that happens regularly through your day will be a support for you to... Um, get this ball rolling of noticing this, these moments of spontaneous mindfulness returning. So that's one uh, of, the, of the tasks that I like to suggest for people, this uh, picking something that happens regularly through your day. And I will be asking you what, you know, those of you who come, be asking you what you've chosen. Um, it's interesting, one of the, Things that seems to happen is when you hear what other people pick. Not only does your own thing that you've chosen start to wake you up, but the things other people have chosen start to wake you up too. Um, so hearing, hearing what people are working with is a support for the practice. Um, so that's one, one uh, practice. I will ask you, like, twice a day perhaps, to see if you can play with extending the mindfulness a little bit. Generally, in the daily life practice, I find that um, this practice of noticing the moments of mindfulness returning is the most accessible practice for people because it is so light, because it doesn't it's like you're not carrying around mindfulness like a backpack, trying to do it all day long and getting exhausted with it and thinking, gosh, I don't have time to do this. We all have time to notice those moments of spontaneous mindfulness arising because it, hardly, it doesn't take hardly any work to do that. But I do like to encourage a, a couple of times during the day to pick a short, what I'll call a chore, something that you do for a little bit longer, say three to five minutes, and then see if you can remember to explore what it feels like to be mindful for a little bit more extended time in your day. So um, brushing your teeth, washing dishes, loading or unloading the dishwasher. Um, you could go so far as writing an email, those who wanted a challenging one. <laughs> See if you can be mindful through the whole process of writing an email. 
Um, but something that takes, you know, three to five minutes. Um, at, that happens at least once, if not twice a day. And see if you can pull... Oh, another something, other, other things people have picked. Um, preparing a meal. Um, or making coffee. Or uh, eating a meal. At least for the first few minutes of eating a meal. So just something that takes a little bit of time. At which time you don't have to necessarily be engaged with thinking about how you're going to do something. So you're eating your meal. We all know how to eat. We don't have to think about eating. So we can uh, let go of um, other thoughts and see if you can, you know, come into the flow of what is the experience in the present moment. So that begins to give you a sense of a taste of what it might mean for a little bit more of a flow of mindfulness, almost like entering into the dance of that activity. Since that only happens once or twice a day, I like for people, if uh, it works for your environment, um, you're welcome to put reminders, you know, put a big balloon on your sink or something, you know, that like you, you have to see that balloon <laughs> in order to uh, to do your dishes, or um, you know, if you if you've picked um, brushing your teeth, put a big sign right in the middle of the mirror, you know, that says "awake" or "aware" or something, you know. So some reminders can be really helpful for the chores in particular because you've only got two chances or one chance a day for that one. So some reminders can be helpful there. Now, again, in the pulling the mindfulness through that three to five minutes, watch for the tendency to try to pick what you are aware of as opposed to what's obvious, letting the experience come to you. Again, it's a much lighter kind of practice, a much less doing kind of practice if you can just you know, stand there and brush your teeth and notice what happens while you're brushing your teeth as opposed to, okay, brushing the teeth, moving, moving the arm, scrubbing, tasting. You know, if, you're, if you're directing the attention, trying to find things to be aware of, it, it tends to be a little bit um, heavier. The, the, um, the mind can kind of just give up almost on its uh, attempt at that. But if you're just standing there and, uh, okay... Am I aware while brushing my teeth? What is obvious? Oh, there's burning on my tongue. Oh, there's um, sharpness where the bristles are. There's the posture. Oh, there's a thought that comes up. Again, like when with the walking, some of you noticed and pointed out, um, when you were just kind of in the space of being aware, things came to you. So that kind of approach, can you just be aware and notice what comes to you in that experience. This lighter flow, lighter touch of mindfulness for daily life in particular. So I want to take questions, see if there's any questions um, about these two tasks or projects, anything. Yet. Yeah. I, I pretty much 
I don't quite understand the notion. Uh, I, I pick a task that I will be doing on a regular basis. Then it comes up like opening a door. Okay. How is that related? Am I asking myself to be aware of, oh, I'm about to do that? So, so um, if you pick something like opening doors or going through doorways, um, you would start by just kind of setting that intention. I'd like to be aware while I'm going through doorways. So you start there. And then probably what's going to happen is that you won't remember going through a bunch of doorways. I understood that part. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and, so, and so at some point you'll remember that you've forgotten and you just keep, keep that intention going. At some point when you actually do notice that you're going through a doorway while you're going through the doorway, appreciate that moment of mindfulness and just notice what's obvious. No need to try to hang on to the mindfulness, to try to do the mindfulness, to try to pay attention to anything in particular. Again, it's, it's kind of like what comes to you as you're walking through the door. You know, it, it might be something very simple like movement. <laughs> you know, so, so really, really keep it simple. Um, there was another piece. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> if gratitude for remembering is what's arising, yes, that's what's obvious, yes. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a lot of what I actually noticed when I remembered in the moment. It's like, wow, I'm here. It's so cool to actually be here <laughs> for what, you know, it's like, it, it's kind of like almost a, a revelation to see. I mean, the first few times it happens, it's like, it's a revelation to recognize this is what it's like to be aware in the midst of activity, you know, so it, yeah, gratitude, the sense of al- alertness might be there, the sense of awake. No need to like find anything in particular to be aware of. And then also no need to try to hold on to it. So just, you know, if you're going through doorways, you're probably going somewhere. It's like, you know, carry on with your day. <laughs> <laughs> There was something else, but I'll, I can't remember it now. I'll think of it. <laughs> Anyone else have? Yeah, pass the mic over. Hi. Uh, I actually wanted to know what happens when you notice something or be aware of something, and how does it help us in a daily? So the, I mean, what I'm talking about right now is kind of the basics of how can we wake up and be mindful in our daily lives. And the benefit of that um, is that when we are not mindful, what's happening is that our conditioning, our habits, are basically tumbling us forward in our day. There's not a lot of consciousness to how our lives unfold when we're not mindful and present. Uh, there's a certain kind of mindfulness or, or a certain kind of awareness about, okay, I, I, you know, these are the things I've said I'm going to do today or something like that. But we're not so aware of the kind of motivations of why we do things. And often those motivations are habitually conditioned. The habitual conditioning of our motivations uh, can land us in 
a lot of suffering. You know, that we say something, you know, we're, we, somebody says something and we react and we say something back that we regret saying. Um, we're um, walking down the street and we see something and it reminds us of something that happened 10 years ago and we react in that moment. So this awareness in the moment gives us the opportunity to um, recognize what's actually here in this moment and to also begin to make some choices, perhaps some different choices than we would habitually make. And so the, the only place we can choose, the only place we can act, the only place we can um, step forward into the whole rest of our lives is in this very moment. And if we are not aware and mindful of it, we're essentially at the mercy of our conditioning. And so the practice to um, uh, wake up in the midst of our daily lives begins to oh, give us a little, maybe even just a little tiny gap of choice in how we step into the next moment rather than acting from our habits of frustration, confusion, anger, uh, wanting, um, feeling, uh, feeling um, uh, depressed or lonely or sad, we can at least be aware of those. You know, that's part of what we wake up to, actually, is, is our, uh, our conditioning. You know, we wake up to the, the, the familiar patterns that we have. And yet, in the moment of waking up to them, there is the possibility of not being driven by them, but bringing in some more wisdom about how do I respond to this. And being aware of those experiences, those thoughts, those states of mind in the present moment gives us the possibility of... um, wise choice coming in. So that's, that's a kind of a short yeah, summary of, of why we're doing this. And so the, you know, the, um, the basic practices of you know, waking up in daily life will begin to illuminate our habits. You know, we'll begin to, as we wake up, um, you know, we'll begin to get familiar with the the various forces at work in our mind. And it can be really humbling, actually, to see just, I mean, like, I just, I saw so clearly just how much of my mind was, much of my choices was motivated by aversion, by not liking, you know? And um, so don't like that, get rid of that, fix that, change that. And now that there's more awareness, there can be more wisdom in, in, uh, is it is the action that I'm taking coming from reactivity, which is like get rid of that, don't have that in my life, or is it coming more from responsiveness? So action can come from compassion, from wisdom, from kindness, and that's where we're, we're cultivating the space for those more uh, wholesome intentions to flower. The only place they can flower is in the present moment.
So um, let's take a short break. Um, say we'll go till 4.30 and then um, I'll come back and talk about thoughts, working with thoughts a little bit. And silent, silent break for this. <laughs> 